distance prospects lead tower. We are tracking you. Head for bay 35. Over. Copy that. Locked in for 35. Star Wars fan. Uh. <laughs> Hello, Vinny. My name is Sharon. <laughs> I am also a Star Wars fan. <laughs> Sharon? And and who's that? Okay. Oh. What? What was that? <laughs> well, introduce yourself to Star Wars <laughs> Alcoholics Anonymous. <laughs> Hello, my name is Kellen. I have a problem, and its name is the Clone Wars. Oh. Hello, Kellen. <laughs> Welcome, Kellen. But yes, hello again. <laughs> Yay. Well, I'm excited um, for this therapy slash um, recap of episode 20 of the Clone Wars 3D animated television show. Please be warned that this um, virtual addiction session is um, <laughs> going to have some spoilers. All the spoilers. And All of them. On to the business. Follow us on Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, and Facebook at DockingBay35. Uh, you can also email us anytime at DockingBay35 at gmail.com. Uh, Sharon. Yes. Uh, shit really goes down in this episode. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Like this, this arc is one of my favorites, but this episode, uh, it battles for the number one spot. It depends it's, on what mood I'm in. It's a really <laughs> good episode, and like I feel like um this episode like definitely is remembered not just by us as fans but it's also remembered by like the by the people at Lucasfilm because they do reference it multiple times mm -hmm. like it seems to be like a really it, yeah I, this episode's really great yeah. um, before we get into it though let's get into our icebreaker so um in this episode um essentially it's uh, or this whole arc is centered around um the planet of Ryloth that is most known for its Twi'lek inhabitants. Um, it's the, you know, the two twin-tailed, head-tailed, sparkly-colored beings. <laughs> um, and and they're some of, like, the most popular Star Wars characters, I think, in terms of, like, species. Um, mm -hmm. So, as an icebreaker question, I was curious um, who your favorite Twi'lek characters are in Star Wars. You can just choose one or choose whatever. Numa. <laughs> yeah. Um, is great. I mean in Clone Wars she's number one. I, <laughs> and then like, in Rebels. In Rebels, I mean Captain Sendula, of course. No, oh, but the fact that like Numa shows up in Rebels. Oh she is in she is in Rebels. Oh mm -hmm. I forgot. I and she has now. she has Waxer and Boyle's army. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My heart, I love it. Oh, I love it. Like she was yeah. like, "Where did this two hundred twelve ever come from?" I'll buy it from like the local <laughs> bazaar. 
Yeah, yeah. And like I think it's just so um but but yeah, like it I feel like because Numa is like in Rebels, it just really goes to show how much they they really feel proud and um they really like this episode, which mm-hmm. like I'm not surprised by at all. Yeah. Um I feel like it's very day Filoni to be like I'm like a stoic man in armor, but oh wait, there's a baby. Huh. <laughs> I'll just be like, uh, Where have we heard this story before? <laughs> I mean, like, at the beginning, I don't know if it's Waxer or Boyle. Uh, which one has the mustache? Boyle. It Boyle, Boyle is the one then. who, yeah. Boyle's the, the one giving everybody a hard time, like, if it weren't for these tailheads. Yeah, the inexplicably, <laughs> inexplicably <laughs> racist clone. Oh my god. Oh my god. I, I love his, like, but I love, like, his, like, total 180 over the course of one episode. The like, there, whole, are, there yeah. are characters that develop over seasons, and this yeah. boy is just, like, he immediately meets one to be like, girl, and he's just like, I'm forever I changed. will protect you forever. Yeah, it's like, oh, you're my little sister now. Okay, I hey. will never forget <laughs> Nira! you. Nira! Nira! Oh. As soon as she hugged him, as soon as she hugged him, he was doomed. Quick, tell me who's your favorite Twi'lek so we could talk about this episode. My <laughs> actual favorite Twi'lek is Harrison Dula, bless her. But I wrote Queen. down Bib Fortuna. I thought yes! you guys, I thought you guys would choose her like immediately, but you guys <laughs> uh, jumped on Numa, which is fair. Um, so I actually <laughs> well, wrote I didn't down Bib Fortuna. Oh, I'm sorry. oh no! <laughs> okay, <laughs> Wait, okay. Move all my shit aside. What did um? No. What what's your favorite Twilight character? Um, well, I mean, Hera, obviously, again, is queen, but, um, I also actually really like Mission Vow from the Coder Ooh. games. Oh, Kotor. <laughs> uh, Mission, that yeah, thing. Knights of the Old Republic. Um, Throwback. she's a little techie gearhead, and I love her. Um, Aww. and also ALS Secura. I have a, I don't know, I guess I like blue Twi'leks, especially. Also, also queen. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of really cool to be like characters. I chose Bib mm-hmm. Fortuna because he's pretty funny. He is pretty. He he was Green a Worm Tongue before. <laughs> <laughs> the way he points. Yeah. Wow, great pointer. Yeah. Great point. And his sexual dimorphism head. though. Oh. <laughs> are those is tits? I, I no 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 no. No, they're they're like fat deposits <laughs> on the male's foreheads that But the fat twee like in the Senate oh, isn't like that. And also no, he has... Cham isn't like that either. Well he does have Cham does have the lumps, they're just more of like kind of crests. But yeah, um Ornfrita has a genetic anomaly or something like that where he has actually four leku instead of just the general two for Twi'lex. Um Where's this but yeah, they're leku? He, he has, has two, two that hang down in front. Yeah, he has two that hang down onto like over his shoulders, and then two that hang down the back. Um, yeah, I think he's the only Twi'lek that we see in canon that has any sort of like variation sh- like that. So I'm not, <laughs> shame. We I'm not sure. Like that. Yeah, let's not body shame. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So, yeah. <laughs> Um, well, today's Bring episode is The Innocence of Ryloth, directed yes. by Justin Rich. Uh, he directed The Rookies and yes. Gungan General. 
and uh, written no. by no. Randy Stradley, Henry Gilroy, <laughs> and Scott Murphy. Um, everybody. Hooray for all of those guys. Hold on yeah. to your butts because this episode <laughs> is heavy. There's that word and fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. It's pretty great. It's pretty mm-hmm. A plus best episode. It's, it's pretty great. It's pretty girl. It's pretty great. Alright. Well, before we toot our own horns a little bit too much, <laughs> uh, <laughs> here's the fortune cookie. Too late. Um, your ability for accomplishment will follow with success. Wait, what? <laughs> Sorry, that is not the episode fortune cookie. No. <laughs> Your ability for c- accomplishment will follow with success. Yeah, it okay. didn't make any more sense the second time. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well the episode's cool. fortune cookie is the cost of war can never be truly accounted for. There we go. Yeah. And that is truth. Truth! <laughs> The Absolute Clone truth. Wars. So many clones died. So many. So many. But for what? Literally nothing. Except to give Palpatine more power. But, yeah. you know. Yo, Empire. I absolutely wow. love that this episode starts off with uh, Boyle. He has a rocket launcher on his left arm. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh-huh. Oh, what? Kels, what is the rifle, the long rifle that they carry? Um, DC seventeen? Uh, no, that's yeah, the mini think, one, right? Yeah, I think that's yeah, those are the handheld ones. Long, so I'm getting like a DC fifteen. Probably, no, maybe. Well, the, he has yeah. the long rifle on his it's, right arm, yeah, it's DC and like Cody's like, "All right, gentlemen, this is a high <laughs> risk mission. Minimal blasters and droid poppers only." And, and he just, like, him drops like, it on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> like the 13-year-old boy he probably is. Yeah. <laughs> Fine, <Pretty> mom! <laughs> but you never let me have any fun! <laughs> and then he's immediately racist afterwards. So, yeah, so oh, he's yeah. basically a 13-year-old boy. <laughs> yeah, he's I, a 13-year-old really, boy on the uh, Xbox. Yeah, like, I really, I really... I really want to talk about it because like so like yeah he does call them like tailheads and mm-hmm. I like I'm really fascinated by this because I like wonder how many especially for somebody who's on the ground like because I know that Rex and Bly do have this moment with like the lemur episode mm-hmm. um where they actually like get to like just hang out with the inhabitants that they're defending but like for for people that are more like on the ground and constantly like in the battlefront um like Boyle, like I wonder how many times like he actually is able to like interact and experience, and maybe why it's so uh, formative for him to like talk and like actually physically like be with Numa, um, like in the same space kind of mm. thing, um, because like I I like and I wonder like how close-minded like the clones are because I mean like they're just sort of like these test tube babies that like. Yeah. straight into like the thing and they're just like oh it's just like the simulations because they don't see the life that they like that they don't like ever experience um like in Camino and stuff mm-hmm. um and like uh like um I, I don't know I think it's like and this is me getting too far into like the clone world aspect of Star Wars but like um I, I remember like in Slick is actually was part of the 212th Battalion so we get like an idea of what their barracks look like um, when they were sort of interrogating Slick, and 
I remember like seeing like in the posters and we like sort of laughed about it, but posters of Twi'lek women mm-hmm. in these sort of suggestive looking perspectives, you know, like basically as like pinup art. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, and so like I wonder like if his only experience with Twi'leks were those pictures kind of thing and sort of seeing them as objects and not being and 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 sort of like then realizing that it's not surprising that um he would just see them as obstacles and not like as people yeah kind of thing which i think is why this episode is really cool because i mean yeah Mm obi-wan really just has to like set his feelings aside for like a whole species and be like uh, stuff that their stuff blows up. It's still a successful mission, boys. Mm-hmm. But more than Obi Wan, I'm right. This should work. Type <laughs> deal. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like it. It does. Like we've talked about how this show like kind of humanizes clones a lot because it focuses on their stories and stuff so much. But like, this is a really good episode that also, I mean, not necessarily humanizes the Twi'leks, at least not in in one sense, but um, it, it, it definitely establishes them as a people who are suffering because of the war and because their world has been taken over by said war and just, like, uh, puts them in more of a light than what Twi'leks are usually portrayed through. Yeah, in no, Star Wars no. media, which most of the time was either slave dancer uh-huh. or Grima Wormsung. <laughs> so, right, right. The government is almost taking advantage of their situation too, like the refugee mm. situation that they were put in by this war. <sighs> so deep. Yeah, yeah, and like yeah, and like the poster child for like the Twi'leks, like before the Clone Wars, I feel like has sort of been like Ula the slate dancer in episode mm. six who deserved and, better oh yeah and oh, she yeah. didn't deserve to die no it, that, she was an entertainer but um and this is like something that i definitely want to go more into like in in the next episode but like um cham like i feel like i feel like actually like the clone wars does and like the the lucasfilm team that does like the animation like is sort of invested and really spends a lot of time re um reframing the Twi'leks less as like these sexy slaves for your for your viewing pleasure and Mm. the ugly men um (laughs) but um but like actually framing them as like an oppressed people that Mm -hmm. that have to fight to exist and, and and like it it's so surprising like how much so much more relatable like the Twi'leks end up getting and and how much more interesting that they are as characters and I think it's like it starts there with Cham and with Numa and it only evolves with um with like Rebels with Hera mm-hmm. um and yeah yeah like I I don't know I feel like Twi'leks are are really fascinating as like in terms of like both the meta aspect of how we as fans treat them and how the the directors and writers have treated them over over the years of Star Wars. Yeah, agreed. Very, they objectified them a lot. Like even like, um, even like in Rebels later on, we see that Ahara at one point is sold, and like the mm-hmm. thug, I forget his name, the crime syndicate guy is just like, 
Oh yeah, another Twi'lek slave. Perfect. I might wifey this one. <laughs> uh, they're also hella French, which is cool. Latin yeah. languages in the Star Wars universe. Man, <laughs> not just that, but like, um, oh crud, I think it was a behind-the-scenes thing, or at a panel at some point, um, I think Dave Filoni went into how they based, like, the Rebels on Ryloth and everything, and, like, the coming episodes and everything like that, uh, uh, on French freedom fighters, uh, you know, and, like, and personally, I always take away a little bit, like, Haitian slave revolts and stuff, too. <laughs> that yeah. might just be me, but, like, um... No, yeah, that, I, I totally get where you're coming from. Yeah, I'm like, that ties into it, and then also, like... <laughs> Because I was actually uh, listening to a couple of dark histories <laughs> stuff recently. Um, the way that the hostage Twi'leks at the end of this specific episode, Innocence of Ryloth, like how they rip apart the tactical droid, yeah, was actually very reminiscent of what happened to uh, some royalty. Uh, at the time of, like, the storming of the Bastille and the French Revolution and everything like that. Like, they ripped people, like, the common people ripped the <laughs> their oppressors literally limb from limb. So that was wow. definitely on the nose. <laughs> hey, let them eat cake, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. I, I just, how, like, like... They hold his head up, too. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah and you can see the, the what would be veins. The yeah. Uh, it's it's very gruesome. Virus, yeah. <laughs> I mean, at one point, I think Boyle. Going back to your point, uh, it's just like at one point, Boyle or Waxer is like, "I have handcuffs if Numa runs off again." That was Boyle oh because he was God, the dick Boyle. in the episode. Yeah, <laughs> just he doesn't know how to talk to people. He doesn't. Nope. He's a thirteen-year-old boy. Okay, yep. like he likes his guns. <laughs> yeah, he likes his guns and his rocket launchers. Okay, but like besides Boyle, oh my god, wait, how? So as two people who really love um the two hundred and twelve, why do you guys love mm. the two hundred and twelve so much? And is this episode like a part of that? Yes, <laughs> I would definitely say yes. I mean, like I loved them before just because I don't know. I I always really loved Cody specifically for some reason i'm not even sure why <laughs> but um yeah i mean i i love cody i love that the 212th is obi-wan's uh specific battalion and everything like that and then like these episodes started to happen where they expand more with more characters from the 212th and like again this is just a really great episode and to have two clones who basically only know brotherhood and stuff basically adopt a little sister. Yeah. It's just so sweet, and I love it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't know if I could top that, so... <laughs> Ditto! I don't know. I love the 212th, because they are definitely under Obi-Wan's command. And, mm. uh... Yeah. I, I don't know how to... Like, you covered all the bases there, Cal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, I just... I feel I, like... I, thumbs up, but... <laughs> I feel like you can't see it. <laughs> oh, man. Well, at the yeah. end of the day, Numa saved Waxer and Boyle 
Like, and they she saved her people. They would, and yeah, if it weren't for her, her people would not have like had a chance. Like she was the Force incarnate in mm-hmm. my mind. Like she's the reason like Obi Wan even had a shot at saving them. Mm-hmm. She like, gave them, a, or at least like she gave them the chance that they wouldn't have had otherwise and the occupation would have like lasted for who knows how long right. longer so yeah oh oh like <sighs> waxer and boil too they're freaking amazing like they them. have so much character development throughout this whole series mm-hmm. like uh... boil tries to be too much of a cool cat sometimes but waxer's got a golden heart that's mm-hmm. why he relies in Gold Squadron. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, I love him. Waxer. He's so sensitive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can relate. I also like how I like how um, <laughs> I like how Boyle's the one to feed Numa, and he like gives her like the equivalent of like a slim jim. It Pretty was much it a space it. slim jim. <laughs> it it was a it was a neutral like stick or something like that. Yeah, yeah, like it just it always visually reminds me of like a frozen taquito so, <laughs> <laughs> i don't know but maybe just that's the know how to microwave him no. <laughs> just know how to cook. nope he doesn't even know how to microwave he just eats them <laughs> no. like yeah. yeah that's what the, that's <laughs> what the little butt tube is it's like they just keep a bunch of frozen taquitos back there <laughs> yeah, this is pre. This is pre. I don't know what I the, call it. Where the butt tube is a thermal detonator. Yeah. These are. Uh, these are. <laughs> these is. These are where they keep their space slim gyms. Yep. Oil, <laughs> oil. Like, where are the explosives? And he like hands them his like butt tube and. <laughs> there are no like, explosives here. Food. <laughs> and they just throw the taquitos at the droids. They just like. <laughs> what is this? You don't know what food is. Meat more. No. <laughs> Meat more. <laughs> it seems to be some sort of organic substance. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I, know. <laughs> well, speaking of the commander droid, uh, the TX-20 droid, uh, mm. I love how he points out, like, Obi-Wan's known for being deceptive. Watch out, everybody. <laughs> so at this point, Obi-Wan and Anakin have definitely made a name for themselves amongst mm. the, like generals yeah <laughs> who oh gosh i think it was our friend it was either Catherine or t and they summed up the clone wars as basically obi-wan and anakin commit a war crime so <laughs> it's very true with all those false surrenders <laughs> yeah it'll so. be set to like um oh what's that one show uh Arrested Development. Yeah, Arrested Development. Yeah. It starts off with the black <laughs> Um, Yeah, I mean, it is, at the end of the day, one huge frickin' war crime brought on by the Sith and the Jedi. Mm-hmm. But mostly the Sith. But nobody mostly. knows about it. Palpatine! <laughs> um, oh, we didn't even talk about... We talked about Hera for a quick mo. But what about Champs and Dula? He uh he's at the end of this episode, right? No. Ah, uh, was he? No, I think he shows up at the beginning of next episode. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know, okay. 
Wait, so while we're talking about Cham, I think, um, like, or just, like, the arc in general, I think the arc is really cool in the sense that it's, like, the first time where, like, you see one conflict through three different perspectives mm-hmm. and, like, see how coordinated, like, the, like, how coordinated, like, everything has to be for, for, um, like, Ahsoka had to, like, break the blockade to begin with to get the ships onto the ground. Obi-Wan mm-hmm. had to had to be able to, like, secure um, enough of, like, the perimeter to, like, allow for for Mace in this third episode to um, to do it. And so, like, it's really cool because you have, like, aerial stuff going on. And now in this episode, you have, like, ground fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the following episode, it's it's a little bit of politicking and, like, managing between, like, the inhabitants and also, like, their political representatives and yeah um right well, i mean it, it's all the I game just, what yeah. does dj say <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I love how um I, I love how like thought out um the show is and mm-hmm. how well-rounded the show is because it, it in i feel like it's like a great like epitome of like uh, this arc is like a great epitome of like sort of what clone wars brings it it brings a lot of character stuff but it also brings like um just like a, a thought out and fleshed out version of the prequels that I think George Lucas intended um, from the mm. movies. And, Agreed. Um, and in a way that that is just like heartwarming, thought out, and like um, with um, actual resonating emotional beats. Yeah. <laughs> and the consequences aren't, you know, mass genocide. We saved that yeah. for, you know, episode four. We saved the trash. Let it go. <laughs> well, <laughs> episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, it's all the machine part. <laughs> yeah. Free and don't join. Um, I, I, well, I guess it's time for some final thoughts. Um, I'll go first. Like, I, we see a lot of Obi Wan's strengths in this episode, and we really see him start to like. Not, I, I don't know. Clones to and Obi Wan have always been weird because of that one quote from Episode Three, where it's like they're doing their job so we could do ours. Mm-hmm. Like that quote hits me hard because he in this episode is doing his best to do his job, but without the clones, he would not have survived. Like, sure, he does some cool stuff with the Force at the end of the day, but like. Like, he does some beast taming, um, but, like, without the clones, he would not have made it anywhere close to that, uh, village center. <laughs> Anyways, any final thoughts, Sharon? Uh, I feel like I said them. I like this, I like this episode, I love this art. Yeah. Faxer and Boyle are two of the sweetest clones, and, um, <laughs> yeah. What sweet boys? Uh, yeah. What about you, Kels? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I think we pretty much covered most of it. Um, but yeah, I agree. Waxer and Boyle are um good characters and a cool way to kind of ground, you know, again, humanity, quote-unquote, uh, of, like, the Twi'leks and stuff outside of, like, a Jedi perspective or anything like that. Like, that was a really cool 
direction to take with the episode, and it works really well. And yeah, obviously, Filoni and the writers and everybody um, liked this episode enough or considered it influential enough to actually keep referencing it and bringing some of the characters back from this arc later in the Clone Wars and into the Rebels and everything like that, too. Yeah, and, like, small things, like Tuca dolls. Mm-hmm. All the Tukas. Yeah. yeah. I, I love this episode. Like, mm-hmm. I, like, is it, like, last episode was cool because we got the character development with Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. Um, this episode was cool because I think we got, like, a lot of uh, character development for the clones and, like, the trust that Obi-Wan has to build for these clones. Yeah, I mean, Cody handing Obi-Wan his lightsaber for one, so. Yeah. (laughs) Probably not for the first time, definitely not for the last. I mean, they blow you up today, you could go blow up them, blow them up tomorrow. It's business. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, before we sign off, and before we blow up this taco stand, Sharon, you have yeah. some fresh Rex parts being shipped to your house. Ooh! <laughs> uh, shout out to Imperial Surplus. Thank you so much. Uh, we cannot wait to be a part of the clone family. Hell yeah, dude! Oh, oh! Um, also, shout out to Galactic... Also, shout out to Galactic Armory for uh, releasing their whole app, Clone Wars Armor Set Files. Thank you for, like, I'm gonna, I've already edited the files to be Captain Bond. So Sharon will be Captain Rex and I'll be Captain Bond just walking around like, uh, you know, we weren't uh, wiped, our, the 332nd wasn't wiped out on Mandalore or anything. Well, Rex is still walking around. We know that, but... <clears throat> <laughs> oh, anyways, let's blow up this taco stand. Yes, let's blow up this taco stand. <laughs> I have spoken. Copy that. Meet me at Hangar 3-5 in half an hour.